better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle Krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this friday edition of the show week 14 of the nfl season is upon us kyle welcome joe i gotta be honest with you okay i cannot get the uh i guess they're canadian and they're on like snowmobiles or quads or whatever that video from last night that i sent you can't get it out of my head just jumping over stuff with that thing yeah so it's it's like uh, rex chapman sent it out and if you you're unfamiliar he's the blocker charge guy and it was commentary of highlights of these Canadian guys, and you could tell because they kind of got like that Canadian twang. And um, at one point, there's Canadian flags in the background. And anyway, so the, it's it's like bone dry, right? It's not like snowy Canada. It's like looks like they're in the middle of nowhere down south. And they're on like these custom made. I was like, how would you describe it? Was it a quad? Um, I don't know. I'm pulling up the video. Uh, I don't. I don't oh, know. It's, dick. A, it's like it's like those cheapo riding lawnmowers, but they go fast. I don't know what yeah, the hell that thing like is. They, they probably custom like turbocharged or whatever, <laughs> and they're like jumping off ramps and stuff. And this guy, you heard him yeah. there in the background. He's like, "Oh, dick!" <laughs> it's just I quote tweeted it with the caption. And that's why I can't get it out of my head. This is what I sound like when I watch Derek Brown tape. <laughs> it's a great caption because you do. If you watch Derek Brown, you kind of feel that way. Oh, you know, you're yeah, just having a reaction. Like, oh my to him God, no way. Just beating the piss uh, out of guys. So if I have an extra five or 10 minutes today, I'm probably going to pull a couple Derek Brown clips and just put them over mm-hmm. top of the video oh and be done God. with it. You've been on a <laughs> zinger with that. You did the baby Yoda. You did, uh, what was the other one? You just did it. Oh, it's the Seahawks thing or whatever. Yeah, that dipshit that said that the NFL needs to investigate the Dolphins after week two. And he's like, the NFL, I got a real big problem with what the Miami Dolphins are doing. And he goes on like this two minute tangent. So he he was it was the same guy. Did you know that? Uh, that did what? That had the take that Russell Wilson gave us the most cringeworthy mic'd up segment. Oh, really? No. So here's the deal. Like, what was the problem with that mic up, mic'd up segment? Russ was just being like super slapsticky. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, no, it's like they're they're in the heat of the battle, and Russ is like talking like he's in like a corporate boardroom. <laughs> you know, where it's like he's like super motivational and he's really into it, but he's like one play at a time, one play at a time. Just stay focused, good communication, great communication. And it's like, right, he's, that's just how Russ is, you know? Right. So it's like, you should not be surprised at all that that's what Russ sounds like with Mike Dub. Well, that's so what the I same, did. The same guy who had the take that the doll, the, had the tangent that I dubbed over the video is the same exact guy who said Russell Wilson just gave us the most cringe worthy Mike Dub segment in the history of the NFL. 
I don't know. I've, I've played sports for a long time. It's kind of the chatter you always hear. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I know I, that was like blowing up and I'm like, I watched it. And I'm like, seems like an NFL quarterback. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm supposed to take away here. Right. Do you just want him like screaming and <laughs> throwing poop at the wall? Like what? Like what? I don't understand what, what we were expecting differently from Russell Wilson. That's who he is. And he's being a leader. And that right. should be applauded and celebrated. And he's a damn good one leading a 10 and two football team with the best record in the NFL. So cringeworthy your way all the way to beating everyone on your schedule. I don't know what to tell you. I got a real big <clears throat> problem with what Russell Wilson's doing. Just being a stand up guy and trying to lead his football team to wins. What an mm, asshole. Disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> What's disgraceful is the NFC East. Holy cow, man. All right. Listen, I told you this in the pre-show, and I think we can open up Pandora's box with this statement, but I don't understand how Jason Garrett wakes up tomorrow and is still the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I sort of do. He's in first place in the NFC East. <laughs> but you've lost three straight. Imagine if they went two and one over this stretch in games they could have, could have and should have won. They'd have the division locked up. If they win out, they'll be nine and seven. That's the best. The the best the winner of the NFC East right now can be is nine and seven. If Correct. they win out. If either Dallas or Philly. I'm kind of rooting for chaos. I'm kind of rooting for chaos, and I'm hoping that it's like a seven and nine team makes it just for like shits and gigs, you know? But Dallas has to play the Rams, the Eagles, and the Redskins. You're losing two out of three. Right, they're going to finish seven and nine. Okay, so can what does Philly got? Because Philly's five and seven. Uh, Philly's got Washington or New York <clears> twice <throat> and Dallas. So they're going to win three games. Don't they have four? They should have four left, though, right? Oh, you yes. said what teams twice again? They've got Washington once. Okay. The Giants twice. Okay. And Dallas, dude, they can go. They can win out. But I said that wait, wait, right. We wait, said that two games ago, right? And they lost to freaking Miami last week. Correct. <laughs> Nobody wants it. <laughs> Nobody wants it. <laughs> and they're reasonably talented teams with reasonably good quarterbacks. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. And it's like the NFC East is going to throw this whole wrench in the NFL draft order too, because two of the three teams at the top are Washington and New York. Right. Like New York's got to play the Eagles twice. Washington's got to play the Eagles once. If Philly keeps pooping the bed, like it's going to be pure chaos as far as, as far as the draft order too. And, oh, and by the way, I've Eli seen, Manning starting a quarterback for the Eagles <laughs> or for the Giants. I've seen some, I've seen some chatter uh, since the, the end of the game last night about People are just being upset about the way the NFL playoffs are structured, that the six best teams from each conference should go to the playoffs. And we shouldn't be concerned with, you know, division winners in the current structure. And I mean, the reality is the seven, nine team or from the NFC East is going to host a playoff game. So, like, do you take exception with this or are we just is this one of those deals where uh, somebody's team's not going to make it because they have a better record and you know, the vision winners, it's somebody just being spiteful or do you think we need to really change this? Um, I think it's worth consideration <laughs> and I, I wouldn't say let's 
keep it just because that's the way it's always been done, right? Which seems to be an excuse a lot of the times as well. You know, we've always done it this way, so that's the way it is. Division winners get buys. Um, there, there's a pretty real chance the a, a ten win L.A. Rams team will miss the playoffs in lieu of a eight or seven win NFC East team hosting a playoff game. Yeah, and then that, think- that's where I have the biggest problem. Well, and then, I mean, look at the AFC where there's a good chance that the Bills could have a better record than two teams that are going to be hosting playoff games, but they didn't win their division, so they got to play on the road. Right. So, I mean, there's that piece of it, too. Like, And I only care about that this year, right? <laughs> I never cared about that in the past, I'll be honest with you. But, I mean, to, to me, like, I don't know, I've always, and, and maybe it's just because we've been in the AFC East under the Belichick-Brady regime, and it's been a pure shit show underneath them. But like, I've always kind of thought that we, maybe we care too much about preserving certain things. Like I know like one of the soccer leagues in Europe, I think they reseed like every year. Yeah. The if you finish in the, I think if you finish in the bottom three, you get like, you get sent to another league. Yeah. 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 But, <laughs> but like, I don't know what if you were to like, take the teams, the teams with the eight best records from the previous year or something like that and put them at the top. And then they drafted the divisions from there. Or no, something. You're getting, I don't. You're, you're you're getting way off. No, the I'm just. Now. Yeah, I don't want to get too weird. I don't know. I just feel like I like to I like to play different teams. I hate that like the Bills only get to play NFC teams once every four years and once in their stadium once every eight years. You know, like <laughs> that's crazy to me that there's going to be like first round picks that are drafted that may never play at an opposing team stadium. I don't know. It's just I I like to see more matchups. Well, it's kind of like it that that gets into the debate that Major League Baseball had with interleague play for a really long time. You know, it was like interleague play was like non-existent. And then it was, well, you get like eight weeks in the summer where you get to play like four teams. But that exclusivity is still there for mostly the National League. And now it feels that there's there's AL and NL teams that like open the season against each other. Yeah, and I like it better. I mean, I've, I'm not as big into baseball as I was, you know, when I was a bit younger and I was really engaged it's with probably it. Probably because you're a Mets fan, right? I'm a, I'm telling you right now, I'm a very good Bills fan. I am a shit fan of my other teams. If they are not good, I I chump ship. I well, don't pay attention. Yeah, that, that that's because you only have so much you can emotionally right. invest, right? There's, and it's like I can stay committed to one team no matter what, right? But if every team's going to test my loyalties, brother, apologies in advance. Yes, but now, I'm out. If they're good, I'm right there with them every step. You know, I'm watching the games. I'm engaged. Mm-hmm. I'm buying gear. But, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to sit there and, you know, suffer through 162 baseball games or, like, do you think I care at all about the Charlotte Hornets this year? I had season tickets for five years in a row. Couldn't I couldn't tell you their record right now. I couldn't tell you who's leading the team in scoring. That's probably no not idea. anything to brag about, but I don't know. I just – I'm a football guy, and that's it, how it goes. But, like – I don't know. I, I like I like seeing the different matchups. Um, and to me, like, OK, we can have these conversations. That's fine. But the structure that's in place is the structure that's in place. Right. And it's been outlined. Everybody knows your course to get to the playoffs and those types of things. And, you know, it, the any type of shifts here comes with a change in the way schedules are made, too, because right now the schedules are made so that the group of teams in your division essentially plays the same schedule except for two games. So it's not right to it's it's not apples to apples to 
just say this teams with the six best records go into the playoffs because it's it's not set up that way. It's a good game, by the way. What's that? A good game? Apples to apples. You play that? Yeah, I don't really remember how it goes though. I've played it. It's like the comparison. It's like the um, the card game. Like um, what's the adult version? Where it's like there's a topic know. card and everybody has subject cards and you put oh, them in. Is it? Is it um, cards against cards humanity? against humanity? Yeah, it's like apples yeah. to apples, like the kid version of, of that. Cards against humanity is that like you won't feel like a terrible person for laughing at some of the stuff that people put down. Hmm. Sounds boring. I'd rather play cards against humanity. Yeah, I agree. That's a good call. <laughs> I like to laugh. At um. So, do we want to talk about this week's games? It's a big week in the AFC, man. Well, I mean, with yes. Chiefs, Pats, right? Mm-hmm. Bills, Ravens. I mean, that's the team. Bills, As it's Ravens. four best records. They play each other. Top four seeds right there. Well, and then records. Got... Records, not seeds. No. It, but you know what I meant. Well, it's a sore subject right now. So what are you going to do if Kansas City beats New England and Buffalo beats Baltimore? Still, it's still almost impossible for the Bills to win the division because no, they so have, you just have to beat Tom. No, because then the Bills would have a tied record with New England. Joe, if Kansas City beats New England, okay, that's going to put them at at ten and 10 three, and three, and Buffalo beats Baltimore. They both be ten and three, and then all you have to do is beat Tom. Oh, yeah, that's happened three times in 35 attempts. I don't, oh, oh. So so you're resided to just being the five seed. I'm a yeah, I guess, man. I don't know. I'm kind of been taking the Bills success with a lot of a loser mentality. I don't have to tell you. Um, the NFC's that six seeds getting interesting. If Minnesota, if Minnesota wins they can kill all hope of the Rams or the Bears chasing them down. But, Joe, Minnesota's remaining schedule, are you ready for it? Yep. They haven't beat good teams, right? Their strength of victory is 335. That's- they, play, they play Detroit. They can win that. They play Minnesota. Or the, I'm sorry, <laughs> they play the Chargers. They can win that. Green Bay. Tough one. Chicago. That could be for a seed. I don't know. We think Chicago is going to go on a heater here. I don't know. I feel like the Rams are the team that goes on a heater go on runs, brother. Oh yeah. Chicago's done. Their next two games are green Bay and Kansas city. I can't imagine them scoring enough points. I could see them potentially keeping the green Bay one close just because it's a divisional game, right? Like they're, you're v- really familiar. The, the first time these two teams played, it was 10, three green Bay. Rams have Seahawks at Cowboys at 49ers Cardinals. No, they're done. Minnesota <laughs> Minnesota wins their next two games they're in. I think so. That's going to put them at 10. I don't think anyone else gets to 10. No. Yeah, that's un- so we think they're we think Minnesota's going it's going to hold serve. Yeah. Look at this. This is another example. The see the 49ers have the best record in football. The best record of football to the fifth seed in the NFC right now. Right. <laughs> well, that, but that's going to sort itself out because they have to play Seattle again. Well, yeah, but there's a good chance that the, 
the fifth the fifth seed in both conferences may have a better record than the two seed. All right, what do you think San Francisco finishes? Because they have they're in New Orleans this week. I predict the 49ers win every game. You think the 49ers win? Oh, you're smart. This is a great football team. I've often said that. I've never wavered. We have said that since the summertime. (laughs) San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. So Um, at at Saints, they host the Falcons, host the Rams at Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, they could go two and two or three and one there. I don't think they win them all. Right. I would say for sake of being conservative, Give me 12 and four. Yeah. I mean, projecting wins at Seattle and at new Orleans in December is, I mean, that's, that's tough to do, right? Those are tough well, games. Week, week 17. I mean, with that, that Seattle game in Seattle, that might be for all the marbles. Yeah. And they played close last time too. I mean, so some fun football games coming up here in December. Yeah. And then you get to the other end of the spectrum and we got the toilet bowls are, are prominent Everywhere. and a plenty right now. <laughs> Uh, yes. So that's the fascinating thing. We've, I mean, Miami plays Cincinnati, the jets, the giants and the jets and the, and the jets are their next three games. And Jamal Adams is not going to play for the jets. Eli Manning might finish the season for the giants at quarterback. Do you think that makes them worse? Yes. I think they're a better team with Daniel Jones. I think they're more aggressive and they get more explosive plays. And I still think you're going to get the turnovers with Eli that you would get with Daniel. Vegas is still holding that line at five and a half for the Jets. Probably because it's at home and because the Jets had their letdown game last week against Cincinnati. So we're just going to believe that Adam Gase is going to rally the troops here. and oh, Right, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> like Do you guys not pay attention to anything Adam Gase has ever done? Like, <laughs> This is what his teams do. No, what his, it would be true to form if the Jets won their next two. And like, if they were mathematically still eligible to be a wildcard team going into week 16 and then get blown out both of those weeks. That's what Adam Gase's team would do. I think they dug themselves too deep of a hole to see that through, though. One uh, one betting prop that I like this week, <clears throat> and yeah. you can tell me if it's crazy. Okay. Uh, uh, Bills Ravens, the over-under is 43 and a half. Take the I, under. Really? I went on a huge rant today on Locked On Bills that I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Okay. I don't think that's to the Bills' favor, but... It's going to be like in the 40s, which is about as good as you could ask for in Western New York with like modest wins. I think there's going to be points. I think it's going to I think it's going to push for the 50s. You're perplexed. Yeah. Um, What what do you what is the key matchup in that game for you? (laughs) Lamar versus the Bills defense. What what component like how how is how are you trying to contain the Ravens offense? Me personally, or what I think the Bills will do. You personally, I try to get as many bodies on the line of scrimmage as I can, so that we can avoid sec, uh, blockers getting to the second level. I play a lot of bare front. I play Tremaine down on the line of scrimmage. I play Jordan Poyer in the box. 
Um, and I, I, I live, and I know conventional wisdom tells you against an offense like the Baltimore Ravens that you take away the dive. I think I live with what they get against dive and make sure Lamar doesn't beat you on the edges. So extra bodies on the line of scrimmage, keeping those free releases to the second level gone. And, um, I mean, kind of some, uh, so you're some, just, you're, you're banking that he's not going to kill you over the top. I think you just, I think here's the thing. You can't take it all away. And Lamar's proven he can do everything right. So what can you live with? I'm more, I'm still more afraid of Lamar, the runner than I am the passer. And that's not saying he's not a good passer. I think he's a great passer. I mean, he's been very good vertically. He's very good between the numbers. But if I, if there's anything I can, I can take away, I want to try to take away. I want to congest the middle of the field. I want Lamar to try to, yeah. if you throw, to try to win outside the numbers. And if he's going to run, try to contain him as best as possible. You're going to have to live with something, right? And they're going to make their plays. Try and stop him before he gets started. Because if you play soft and he gets momentum, you'll never catch him. Well, and, and this offense just puts you in so much conflict because – they have such a unique mix of speed and size, right? That's this tight end, the tight end thing that they have. They play all these tight ends, Hurst Boyle and Mark Andrews. And they put you know, Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson also on the field with those guys. And well, you need the speed to take away those guys. You need the size to take away the tight ends. You're in conflict. Your feet are stuck in the mud. And psh, there goes Lamar. Psh, there goes Hollywood. Oh, Jesus Christ, here's a 6'5", 240-pound tight end with great ball skills that you can't cover. You know, it's just it's just so much conflict and so many mismatches. It's it's tough, it's tough to defend, and it's, a, Bill, it's an abnormal offense that you're not used to defending. Does the Bills' lack of size at safety concern you? You think Poyer – I mean, Poyer and Hyde aren't big safeties, but I wouldn't say they're small. They're just like normal-sized safeties. Well, as far as they're going to have to be the guys that step up in coverage against the tight ends. I don't think the Bills have been really torched by tight ends this year. Um, I know well, that this, you don't play a lot of teams that use them like Baltimore either. No, uh, but I mean they've they've faced some decent tight ends this year. Um, I don't know. I think I, I I think you have to live with that. I think you this one of the strengths of your football team is your tight ends, or your, excuse me, is your safeties, and I think you have to trust that they can handle those matchups. Okay. I don't know, man. I just think there's going to be points. I hope you're right. I'm hoping for well, a, an entertaining game on that one. Although this, this pisses me off. <laughs> Brother, this pisses me off. We've got San Francisco, New Orleans, and Baltimore Buffalo both playing at 1 o'clock. How does that happen? It's it's tough. And then you have 4 o'clock, you have Chiefs-Patriots. And then your Sunday night game is good, too, Seahawks-Rams. So like, well, there was thank God be... we have Giants-Eagles on Monday night football. Well, there's there's your answer there. Is you, you, one, of the, one of those two 1 o'clock games – that everyone wants to see you put one of them at Monday night and you don't have to put the two and 10 giants on Monday night football, but they're the giants. <laughs> Who cares? Is that a New thing? York. I yeah, don't know. Big market, big market teams, man. Yeah. How many, times have the, how many times have the bills played on Monday night football in the last five years? <laughs> Probably none. I don't I remember was, it. I was stunned as schedule makers gave the dolphins a, a Monday night football game this year. How many times do you see Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night and Monday night football? It's just part of my week, right? <laughs> How many times do you see um, the New England Patriots on Sunday night, Monday night football? Eight times a year. Okay. Well, 
Giants. All right. Giants. NFC East rivalries, man. When's Some the last other... time you saw the Bengals on Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football? It's been a minute there. I don't think it's ever. When's the last <laughs> time? You, you go ahead and bring your next topic up. I'm going to look up the, the Bengals history on Monday Night Football. I was going to talk about some of the, you know, there's some big games this week, but there's also some other games that have some like important implications like Titans Raiders, you know, the Titans. I th- yeah. I mean, really for that six seed in the AFC that, I mean, you feel like the Titans Raiders uh, and uh, what's the other team that is totally escaping Steelers are right in this thing. The Steelers go to Arizona. Arizona has been, you know, kind of struggling here a bit lately. Kyler, Kyler, I thought, had his worst game of the season last week. Can he bounce back against a really good Steelers defense that's been lights out? And then, you know, Titans Raiders and the Raiders are they're a five and one team at home. They can't win on the road, but they're hosting a Titans team that's really hot. And so I think it'd be interesting to see if the Raiders hot streak continues at home or if the Titans hot streak in general continues there. So I think there's some low key important games that we can monitor this week as well. So I've got the records up. And this decade, from 2010 to present, the Bengals have played nine Monday night football games, and their record is two and seven. Since 2010, they've played nine times. Yes. There are three teams in the NFL that have only played three Monday night football games. Since 2010? Yes. The Bills, the Browns, and the Lions. Bills, Browns, and Jaguars. Jaguars, okay. Do you know what the Bills record is this decade in Monday Night Football? 0-3. They're the only team in the NFL to not have a win on Monday Night Football this decade. Yeah, I think I can tell you about all three of the games. Patriots, Cowboys, Browns? Did they play the Browns and they lost nine to six on Monday Night Football? I think that I think that might have been the other one. Uh, The Browns played twice in 2019, and it was they lost to San Francisco by a shit ton of points, and then they beat the Jets. No, so that was a Sunday Night game. That was a primetime game. The Bills. It was nine to six against the Browns. Phil Dawson hit like from fifty four to win the game. I know the Cowboys and Patriots are two of them. I can't think of who the other one was. Might have been the Patriots twice. Can you tell me who has played the most Monday night football games this decade? Dallas Cowboys. Incorrect. And then it's New England. Incorrect. Pittsburgh? Incorrect. Are you surprised by this? A little bit. Uh, the Raiders. NFC. Green Bay. Right division. This is the Bears. Yes. Chicago has played 17 times on Monday Night Football this decade, and they are 12 and what? 5 in those games. What's that about? Here you go. We were talking about big market, right? Uh, the NFC East. The New York Giants have played 15 times. They are 6-9. and nine. 
The Washington Redskins have played 15 times. They are 2-13. and 13. <laughs> But let's keep scheduling them. The Philadelphia Eagles have played 14 times and are 9-5. and five. The Dallas Cowboys have played 10 times, and they are 5-5. Five and five. So They just get them in there a ton, huh? Yep. So the, the teams that do not play, the five bottom teams, I'll do six because it still fits. The six bottom teams in NFL, Monday Night Football appearances this decade, Arizona Cardinals, small market. Tennessee Titans, small market. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, small market. Cleveland Browns, small market. Jacksonville Jaguars, small market. Buffalo Bills, small market. Joe, do you know the last time the Jaguars played on Monday Night Football? I don't. It sounds this like might, you have all the data. This might be the most incredible thing I've ever heard. Okay. December 5th, 2011. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, they couldn't even get a Monday night game after that. The AFC championship game no, appearance. They were like, not. like 11 and five, like the best defense in football. And <laughs> they played in 2010 and they lost 30 to three. They played in 2011 and they won 12 to seven. And then they lost to the chargers 38 to 14. Hmm. I don't think they're getting one next year. Probably not. They're four. Buffalo's going to get one though. Yeah, and but and Bill's always Buffalo is a good market for ratings. I know it's a small town, but like even like the like NHL, like uh, Major League Baseball, like the World Series when they do the ratings in like cities where that like the best ratings are, Buffalo's like always in the top five. But but they yeah. love sports in Buffalo. Yeah, especially their own. So and that thanks Thanksgiving game was the most watched regular season game in the last three years. All right. Last last thought on Monday Night Football here. Okay. Can you tell me which two teams have the best win percentage of games played this decade in Monday Night Football? I'll go with Green Bay and New England. New England's close. They are 750 win percentage, so they've won 9 out of 12 games. Okay. Who was the other team you said? Green Bay. Green Bay's down there a little bit. They've won six out of ten. New Orleans. New Orleans is a good guess. They're uh six sixty seven. They've won ten out of fifteen. So I haven't named any of the top two. Correct. Both of these teams are ten and two. Oh, so they have a good sample two. size then. Yeah. Ten and two on Monday night. Ten and two on Monday night. You've uh, already said one of the names. Pittsburgh? Yes. Okay. Great. Good to know the Bills are playing them on Sunday night. Um, Seattle. Correct. Okay. Seattle and Pittsburgh are 10-2 and two this decade on Monday night football games. Great. Kyle, my guy, you going to make it on us here? You're, <laughs> you're battling no, something here. I'm, I'm in uh, like day four of the flu game here. <laughs> Should I take care of the outro today? Give you a little break on the throat. You know what? That would be lovely. Why don't you go ahead and sign, yeah. sign it off for the week? <laughs> Jesus. I was wondering if you were going to make it through about eight of your last 10 sentences. Yeah, you I'm turn, turning into a bullfrog here live on the show. <laughs> well, that is going to do it for us this week here on the Draft Dudes podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure that you are subscribed. If you like what's happening with this podcast, leave us a kind review and a five-star rating. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at the Joe Marino. Kyle is at Grinding the Tape. Go Bills, go Dolphins. We'll talk to you again on Monday.